Yo, it's another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. We're going to talk some hoops today. It's a new episode of Corner 3. What? What's up, Chris Williams? You're not Scott Christopherson. I'm not. There's a lot of... Eh, I am not Scott Christopherson in so many ways. You definitely can't shoot the three like Scott Christopherson. I don't know about that. I think that, you know, in my prime, maybe I could have. I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, no, I'm not Scott Christopherson, but I am glad basketball season's here. It's... It it comes a little different when football's zero and five. Yeah, you know, like it just it feels different. Well, I don't know. I mean, we we we've gotten so used to great offense this uh, during this fall. You know, I I don't know if there's anything better than watching more great offense from the Iowa State men's basketball team here. If you coming up this fall, if you're looking for an offensive cure, this is not the. Tune into the women. Yeah, go to the women's. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. tune into the women's game. Uh, of course, Corner 3 brought to you by our friends at McDine. Uh, you can learn a lot more about them at McDine.com. Uh, recording today in the Wild Rose Casino Casino and Resort Studios. Uh, I'm I'm fired up for uh, Ooey Pooey. Ooey Pooey? Isn't this like their last year of being a school? So. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I read something about that. Yeah. The uh, non-con looks a lot different this year. I reported this to our premium members like a year ago, but Ots is very big on not playing like a million swag schools because of the defense that they tend to play against you. And so you see a lot more of these like Summit League types because he feels like it's a better preparation for the Big 12. So the the non-con looks, I mean, it's, these these home games are not sexy, but they certainly are more different. You have North Dakota, uh, Milwaukee. Oh God! No, oh, jeez, jeez! I'm, I can't believe Milwaukee's welcome back at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, Ooey pooey. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 really Western Michigan. I'm I'm ready to go. I I think that we're all kind of ready to have something to take our mind off of football at this point. It's too bad that, uh, who, who was it that used to always come on new year's Eve, Mississippi Valley state. Oh God. And I boycotted those, those games. Yeah. Remember, remember I when we, remember when we go. refused to cover, or we said we weren't going to cover the Florida A&M game that year. And then they lost. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I just I'll, gotten back from San Antonio. I think or I will never it was. forget that. It was a horrible, horrible moment. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a bad deal. I hopefully that won't oh. happen again this year. They do play on new year's Eve though. They, again, I think this year it's a big 12 game. It, they play Baylor. Oh geez. They play Baylor on new year's day last year, right? Nothing says happy new year. Like Scott drew pulling up into town God. without the student section. Too. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Oh man. That'll, that'll be rough. But uh, we are going to cover a lot here on this, on today's episode, talk a little bit about Iowa state's rotation, how we kind of see those things shaking out, maybe make some predictions for the season. Um, all right, let's jump into it. I mean, I think, I think it starts at the point guard. That's where the first conversation I think needs to be had. Just, Obviously, you're likely to have to start a true freshman at that position. I mean, I know Jaron Holmes and Gabe Kalsher can handle the ball a little bit, but man, it makes me nervous the idea of starting a true freshman at that spot again, yeah. if it's got to be Tim and Lipsy or Eli King. I think it'll be Lipsy. Um, I, you know, I do think too that from what I understand, they're going to be a lot of rotations in the backcourt. Yeah. As far as like even starters, like it'll be very much matchup base and whatnot. I, I think Lipsy's clear cut over King from what I've been able to put together after the two scrimmages. And listen, man, it's just different. Like you, Hunter was a 
go-make-plays type of young point guard where I think Lipsy's just a solid, mature, better body, mm-hmm. really, right? Like in for what you're trying to do, but he's still another true freshman and you don't have that high end that you got from Tyrese Hunter in the NCAA tournament. So it's it's a very different scenario, but I also, you know, this is what I keep coming back to and you as a big man, it'll be good to get your input. I don't think we're going to see the 10 minutes without scoring right. from this group that you did last year when it was much more backcourt based. The front court was frankly a bad offensive front court. Mm-hmm. They were not great when it comes to offensive rebounding. So they didn't get a lot of those bunny type of putbacks, right? Surely this group will be considerably better in that, that circumstance. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing, my biggest concern with Lipsy is that I just don't know that he, I mean, I, I mean, I think we know he's not the as dynamic of an athlete as what Tyrese was from a perspective of a first step and things like that. So it's just, how quickly he can he adjust to where he can get by people to make plays the way that he did as a high school kid, mm-hmm. you know, when, I mean, he could just drive by people and get into the middle of the paint and be able to create for other people from there, you know? And if you can't do that at this, at that level right away, then how do you adjust and how do you figure out how to make those, those things happen? But I do think when you have guys like Oshun, Hassan, you know, even Trey King, once he's eligible, even Robert Jones, that you can just dump it to them on the block and you can feel confident that they can make something happen, then yeah, it is. I mean, just when your sheer number of shots are coming from closer than what they did last season, you know, I mean, just think how much they would go through those droughts because they didn't have anyone who could get to the rim. Mm-hmm. and finish there <laughs> you know like it wasn't just the big men it was everyone no one could get to the rim and finish and now just to have those couple of big men who you can just drop the ball down to and say all right go and get us a bucket make you know get us a layup that would that'll certainly help you know but at the same time you got to be able to get it to him <laughs> you know yeah that, that's the key and i don't know i i think from that standpoint i think Lipsy will be okay yeah as far as getting it to him it's just uh, there's just not a lot of options there. And I think that when they when they put the team together, I mean, you were kind of banking on A.J. Green being there. And, you know, you, you, you factor in, because I, I think if A.J. Green commits to Iowa State early, then you probably get Grant Basile mm-hmm. as well, or one of those types of guys. And then you're looking at a completely different deal. Well, you don't get A.J., right? And, like, you – so I think you, when you're TJ and the staff, you look at it, you go, well, okay. And then you're kind of in the same spot as last year. Yeah. What can we do to be competitive? Right. And it's going to be that grounded out gross type of basketball. But again, like my hope is that they're going to be so much better in the front court that they don't go on those 10 minute spells that we saw so often a year ago. Yeah. I'm interested to just see how they use Oshun. Uh, yeah, I was. I think I was joking with Jeff Woody maybe the other day that, you know, that high post offense that everyone hated so much last year. Like I would be prepared to see a lot of that again because if they want to play Oshun in positions where he can make plays for people, mm-hmm. that's the perfect like that's the perfect place, you know. And the thing about him is that you know nothing against George Condit or Robert Jones; those guys were complete non-factors the yeah. second that you took him ten feet away from the basket. No doubt. If Oshun can knock down that shot, if Hassan Ward can knock down that shot, Trey King can knock down that shot, and you don't allow the defenses to be able to sink down, 
that's what I think will be the biggest key is that it's like if we have a guy that you can throw it to at the free throw line area and they can either drive by somebody, put the ball on the floor and make something happen or create for somebody else and their defender can't just go and stand right in the middle of or right in the middle of the lane, right in front of the hoop. And you cannot, or you can knock down a 15 foot jump shot like that opens up everything. Really, know? really wish Trey King could play to start the season. Yeah, I think people almost forget about him. Yeah, I, it's honestly funny because I've asked TJ about him a couple times. I think even he forgets about him sometimes. Yeah, because you know? he's so locked into right now. Right. Who do I have? Right. I just think that well, for a couple reasons. One, I think he he adds a lot offensively. Yeah. But two, he he would just be so much better for it in February. Mm-hmm. If he had gotten those types of reps, but it I mean, is it, what it by is. the time he'll play, it'll have been a almost two four years since he's played a game. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we saw a similar deal with Deontay Burton, right? Right back in the day, where it kind of took him that whole semester to start to feel somewhat comfortable at all. Right. Jamil McKay it was kind of in the same boat. We've well, seen yeah. this before. Yeah, I mean, even then too, like the last game that he would have played would have been in what the what league is that? The Horizon, Eastern Kentucky, whatever yeah, the that Horizon is. League or whatever yeah. that is. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just going to be a significant jump for him. But uh, I, I think that. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Oshun ends up being a All Big Twelve type of player. I, I was only even this year. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I mean, I think that he. I think when you look across the league at the the front courts outside of TCU, obviously with Eddie Lampkin, mm-hmm. and then it's our, it's our guy. Yeah, it's our guy. Uh, side of the friend of the program, Eddie Lampkin, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Groves. At Oklahoma, he's obviously a, a really good player, but like Kansas doesn't have a dominant big man, you know. Like, there's no dominant big man at Texas. There's no dominant big man at uh, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma State does have a guy who's pretty good, but he's more of a defensive guy, you know. So it's like I think there's an opening where if he can make a leap offensively and be, it doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility that he's a double double every night type of guy, you know. And if you're a double double every night type of guy, you're you're going to be all Big 12. Yeah, especially at that position. Yeah. Like your your point is. Um, I guess real quick, we should tell people what's going on with this podcast this this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think most people know the Christofferson thing. He He's not doing media. Yeah. At least for a year, and we'll see where he's at. Wait, and he's we, and, we're, and, and like, it's not like we've got beef with Scott or anything. I want to make that clear to people. Like, there's no we're, animosity. There's a lot that, of beef here. Well, yeah. I mean, screw, screw Scott, you know, but the nicest for walking away. World. No, but he, you know, he came to us during the summer and he just said that he had a lot going on. I know he's trying to get his master's degree yeah. as well. And he's not doing TV either. So when you flip on the, I have no idea who's going to be on the call. Uh, but when you flip on the game on Monday, Scott won't be there. Is, aren't they having some? Who's doing the play-by-play? I thought we well, knew who was doing. Larry that. Morgan is going to do some of them. Okay, the he's the older gentleman who, I mean, he's a he's been doing that for thirty years. I don't know who the the color guy is. I haven't heard, but it's not going to be Scott. So here's how we're going to do this this year. It's always been quite difficult to get former basketball players to be able to do what Scott did last year, and the reason is is because most of them who are Either they're not from here and they move away or they're playing in Europe or the pros. It's mm-hmm. just, it's tough. It's, it's really, really hard. So we didn't really have a good, a great option. So Jared is going to kind of be the guy who steers the ship here, but Bloom and I are going to rotate. And then we also, I'm excited about this, have a couple of assistant coaches that are going to be 
giving us insight with uh, Coach Schmidt from the men's program. And then Billy Fennelly is going to do it with the women's because, man, like I'm I'm telling you, they, they're a Final Four type of team. I'm not telling anybody anything that they don't know. The one thing that's cool about Iowa State fans is they genuinely care about the women. It doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like a lesser product. So we're going to do well, – we are going to we while we don't have the firepower that the three point shot of Scott Christofferson, I feel like I'm pretty in depth with the program and Bloom's just a college basketball nut like you are. Right. So we have a decent with the with the coaches as well. I, I think we'll we want to do more podcasts, but have them be shorter. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 25 to 30 minutes is probably the most likely yeah. scenario, and it'll probably be twice a week. Two or three times yeah. a week where we'll do that and then have the coaches on every other week. And it'll be based on the schedule. So it's not necessarily like, oh, corner three, you're going to be every Tuesday, right? Yeah. yeah, it'll be a little bit more sporadic, I think. But at the same time, people will get their full dose yes. of corner three. Yeah. I think. Like, I don't think anybody should sit here and be like, oh, man, like they're not going to cover basketball Actually, as hard. I think they're gonna, we're going to cover it more. Right, right. Yeah. It, it helps because of Bloom's new job. He's not nine to five like he used to be. And then like we're all kind of in the same. We have this cool studio now. We can do a lot of cool things with it. So there you go. We just won't be able to. Our, our Cyclone Fanatic basketball team just took a significant hit. Just Scott yeah. basically an- entered the transfer portal. We're, we are now uh, Iowa State. We're just grinded out. You know, <laughs> really, really defend. I'm gonna. I'll be Robert Jones. Just come off the bench and rim run. By the way, the so Robert. I was gonna say, speaking of Robert Jones, the, the T-shirt. It's the coolest T-shirt we've ever done. I think so too. I I hope that we sell thousands of them. Cyclone, well, fanaticshop.com. Yeah. Find the Robert Jones Big Rob Energy. Find that shirt right now on the site. I hope to see Hilton calls the impact with them over the next couple of weeks. And he's a. I know that you've taken a liking to him as yeah, well. Yeah, he's a neat story. I do think I need to. I need to say we've retired Bob Jones. I've I've been told that that Robert, Robert doesn't like Robert it. doesn't like it. So he's no longer Bob Jones. He's Rob Jones now. It's Big Rob Energy. Yeah, Big Rob Energy. I I've I've retired Bob Jones uh, for good. <sighs> um, but he, and you wrote a piece about this in Kansas City, but he. He's had a pretty good offseason. I mean, I know that they, you know, you sit down at the end of the year and you talk about things and coach, what's my role? And it's, hey, play like your hair is on fire. And he let's be let's be fair to people out there critical of Robert Jones. He should have never been playing that much last year. Mm -hmm. It's never the plan. Uh, Circumstances led to it. I think that with the other guys, with Ward and Oshun, I think that Robert's in a much better spot for him personally. I think if Robert can give you 10 really good minutes every night, you feel really good about that, but you don't want him to play 20. Yeah. I think that that's totally fair. The closer you get to 20, the that's less totally likely fair. that you feel really confident I think about what he's going to give 10 you. 10 to 12 is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And he can take some of those fouls to keep a guy like Shun in the game when, when you need him. What are you hearing about Ward? I feel like he doesn't get talked about much. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they, I think they feel like confident in him. You know, I I just think that he's not as maybe proven to be as dynamic. You know, like Oshun has proven to be a pretty dynamic player on both ends of the floor. I don't know Hassan has done that, so I feel like that's where Hassan will have an opportunity because I think that they've got some guys that they could if they can really get out and run. Like those front court guys are going to be able to get out and run if they really want to. Well, it'll certainly be. I mean, they're two elite shot blockers. Yeah. 
Yeah, good luck finishing at the rim. That's what I would say to just about any team in in the Big 12, especially when you've got the help side defense that those guys are going to be able to contribute. And I think, too, this is what I, I think maybe people don't realize, what having guys like that adds. Obviously, Iowa State was so good defending in the backcourt last year, but when you didn't have those people that could that could just lock down the front of the rim and you could funnel them towards those guys, like you had to do everything you possibly could to keep them out of the paint. And that put more pressure on those guys that were guarding those those guards. Now, if you're in a position where it's like, okay, even if I get beat, I know I've got someone back there that can help me. I think that that takes this defense to a, another level, which is saying something considering they finished, what, fifth in the country last year in adjusted defense. Like, I, I don't think that being a top 10 defense, again, is outside the realm of possibility. In fact, I would say that that's a likelihood based on what their personnel is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. And then it really sucks to talk about like, what if Jeremiah Williams doesn't get hurt? Right. Because then you're even better. But you're, I think Lips, I think Lipsy can really. I think he'll be able to get after. Get after people. Doesn't he seem like? Yeah, he he seems like he's kind of come. I don't want to say out of nowhere, but six months ago, nobody anticipated he would be the starting point guard. Now clearly things have happened, but you talk to some of the guys on the team. Kid's a winner, dude. That's what everybody says. I told, That's what I tried everybody to tell you says. that. I, I told yeah. you that last last winter. I went and watched him a couple of times, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I don't know how much this kid's going to play, but man, he's going to help him win. Like, well, and he's that's and that was the thing. Like, I remember even when he was, you know, when he was first getting recruited. Obviously, he was like a much higher level recruit. Was going to play with USA Basketball and all that stuff, and then he tore his ACL and had to sit out the year. I think a lot of people wrote him off and should not have done that. You know, mm -hmm. like it was one of those things where people are like, man, how do you bounce back from the injury? You haven't seen him get a ton of recruiting interest and things like that. But I'm telling you right now, this guy is not going to jump out the page with what his numbers do. But when you get down to it in the nitty gritty and you sit there and say, who does this guy help you win or not? He is going to help them win. It's interesting, too, because you don't realize it until you go back and look at how bad of an analytics guy Hunter was. Now, clearly, like, I'm not making the point that I'd rather have Lipsy than Hunter. That's insane. I'm not. I'm not making that point. But when I when I'm looking at it, and you you go from year to year, well, how can you replace this? Mm -hmm. How can you? Where are you additive and and all that? Um, listen, I don't think there's like a mile of drop off. I don't either. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of okay with. Oh well, okay. Well, it's going to be a Williams and Lipsy slash. Holmes combo at point guard. I'm like, I think that that's fine mm -hmm. compared to Hunter. And then you add and you get better in the front court. Now the question will be the guy, the go-getter of the buckets, right? Mm -hmm. When you need it, when Brockington hit a lot of, especially, uh, you know, mid middle of last year, early to middle of last year where he was so elite. Is that Kalsher? Is that Holmes? What route do you go with that? Who's your go-getter when you need a bucket? I think as much as anything, it comes down to, can you get Gabe Coucher to be Wisconsin Gabe Coucher? Yeah. Or, you know, round of 32 versus Wisconsin with Gabe Coucher? Or are you going to get uh, game Big 12 game number one against Baylor, six turnovers, zero points Gabe Coucher? You know, because if you can get Wisconsin Gabe Coucher on any given night, then this Iowa State team is going to go to the tournament and they're going to be a tough out, I think, for just about anybody. But, man, if you can have way too many nights where you get that Baylor version of Gabe Kalsher, they're not going to win very many games. 
I mean, I just I, I think that that if we're just being yeah. honest, because I just don't know where else where else the scoring comes from, you know. And I think, you know, it's it's crazy. I was talking about this with uh, with Jordan Bohannon on our our podcast last night when we were recording, but uh, Gabe and Jaron both made in looking at their numbers and all that kind of stuff, like made me remember, you know, shout to my guy, Bruce Weber, you know how much I love Bruce Weber. He's like an analyst now, right? He, and you know what I was going to say this, some analysis he gave me a couple years ago. This is a, some, this is a deep cut from big 12 media days several okay. years ago when they moved the three point line back. This was right after Gabe Couch's freshman season. They yeah. moved the three point line back. I asked him, what do you think that, how do you think that will impact people? He said, it's not going to impact the really good shooters, the great shooters, the Jordan Bohannons, the people like yeah, that, you yeah. know. But the people who are a little bit more streaky, that are a little bit more of that being above average to an average type of shooter, shooting 38, 39, 40% or something like that on that old line, he's like, you're going to find out real quick which ones are not and the really good, good shooters. And yeah. that's and that's yeah. what Gabe is. I think that's even what Jaron Holmes is. Like, you look at his numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just became a lot more inconsistent, you know. And how can you find that consistency? Can you get back to where you're... You know, they don't need to be a 40. They don't need to be Matt, uh, Matt Thomas, you know, but can you be a guy who can consistently give you two or three three pointers on any given night? You Gabe know? just needs to look can, at what Brockington did. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I mean, just that, that type of efficiency and stuff like that. If he could do that, I'm not saying he'll get to the NBA, but he'll have a much better chance to have a professional career. My only concern is how replicable is what Isaiah Brockington did efficiency wise, because how efficient can. I mean, what are the odds that anyone can be as no. efficient as him in the mid range? You know, it's almost zero. Yeah, because no, it's it's almost unheard of. Well, especially Washington once did. you got to where defenses knew exactly where he wanted to get, and he would still hit those shots on some nights. Yeah. But then there'd be a lot of nights where one, like if he couldn't get to that spot, then it was gonna be a, it was gonna be a tough night. You know, so it's like it. I think for Gabe, if you can get Gabe where you he's playing downhill and not hunting three pointers, it's like a three pointer if you're open is what you want. But you don't need to be out there jacking up 15 three-pointers a night trying to play like Stephen Curry, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. The uh, Monday, uh, ooey pooey, and then you got North Carolina A&T on, I guess that's like a following Sunday. But that's, that's what's coming up, man. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go, dude. I'm excited for the, that tournament out in Portland. Yeah. Uh, that'll be I mean it's it's brutal yeah it's a brutal schedule but um you get that's Thanksgiving day at 2 30 you get Nova what are they like this year because Jay Wright's gone well yeah but they did they, I, I have no idea I haven't looked at any of this they yet. bring back I mean a handful of guys from okay. their from their championship team they bring back their best player from their team that went to the final four last year gotcha but they did have to replace some pretty key players here I can tell you this Creighton was picked to win the Big East so like it, I don't know that that's ever happened, <laughs> you know, like that. I think it's pretty clear Villanova is not the favorite in the big East, this year, but they're still expected to be a good team. Isn't Creighton like top 10 yes. pretty much everywhere. They're going to yeah. be really, we need to yeah. go to a Creighton game. Oh, well we can do that. Yeah. But I, I think that that would definitely be worth our time. But I mean, I think when you can get into a tournament like that, like you have these three games here right off the bat, but when you can get into a tournament like that, we're going to find out really quick. How good this Ohio State team is. Women's basketball had an exhibition on Wednesday. They tip off Cleveland State. Go D-Rob. Uh, that's that's the kids game where you go into Hilton. Yeah, it's at like noon on Monday. And they're all just like yelling. 
it's a really weird dichotomy. Like we're on one side, it's just packed with little kids. And then all the old people. Yeah. And then the old yeah. people are on the other side and it's just like one side of the gym is just screaming children. Are you going to do your whole day there? You usually do that, right? Yeah, I'll do that. I can go and do that. Hang out with Connor up there. I'll eat two walking tacos. I don't know if I can make both. I plan on being at the men's game for sure, but I, don't, I just don't know if the 11 a.m. tip is going to work for me. That's a long day in Ames. Well, you know, I got the kids and stuff. You well, know. yeah, I know. You should take Cameron out of school and take her to the game. Well, that that's actually not – she would love that, but I don't think the wife is going to – The uh, I don't think the wife will – Iowa State women's basketball needs to put out like a form letter where it's like asking for permission to get out of school for everybody. Get out of work, you know, come to the game at 11 a.m., pack it 10,000 strong for the for the women against Cleveland State. <sighs> those are some brutal games to call. Oh, my gosh. When I used dude. to do radio, those – oh, man. It's the, – the women, for what I understand, they're one scrimmage against South Dakota State, who's top 25. They beat them by somewhere around like 30. Oh, my so gosh. So they are really, 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 really good and fun to watch. And good luck finding some angles to write about, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> They are really, really good this year, and I can't. I think this will be Bill Finley's best team, which is saying a lot. Like because he's had a lot of really good teams, but right. I, I think I don't. Everybody will point at two thousand. Like there's a lot of those great teams back in the day, but I I think this is his best team, and that like a legitimate Final Four contender. All right, go on the record. Do the men make the tournament? Uh, I w- I would say no, and I the only reason I say that is you you kind of had the same formula as last year and you felt pretty fortunate to Get in. be in that spot. I just yeah. I can't see him going undefeated in the non-con. No. To build up that big of a I no, I think they're an NIT type of team this year. I think they were last year, but they took care of the business early and they were they and it paid off for them down the road. Odds wise, I think that doing that two years in a row would be really tough. What about you? I think that they'll probably be eighth in the Big 12. And if you're eighth in the Big 12, you're at minimum on the bubble. Correct. And then it's like one game, one or two games, either way. You know, it's like, then it's like you hope if you can get a good matchup in the Big 12 tournament and win one of those and get another quad one, one, it might sneak you in. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I think if they're, they're going to play good enough defense to be. You just have to hope you don't get matched up against Texas Tech in the Big 12 tournament again, basically. Yeah. And. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, when you put it the way that, that you just did, Jared, I mean, if you're eighth, you're right there. You're right there on the bubble. So. Well, and it's going to be interesting, too, because I don't think that some of the other Power 5 leagues are as good. Like, I don't think the Big Ten's going to get 10 teams in or whatever they did last year. You know, like they might get five or six, which, again, is going to open up more opportunities for more teams. We just need to get it to where we're going to have whatever, how many, 110 teams or whatever we're going to have in the tournament. Then all, then all 10 can make it. We don't even have to have the conversation anymore. We're just Man, every, everybody gets well, to go to the tournament. Next year, 14. It'll be crazy next year. Oh, man. I, I am sad to see the double round robin go away, though. Brutal, yeah. I am, too. I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of Big 12 basketball. Well, I think it just increases the stakes of every game because it's like, you know you're going to have to go back to their house. And it's got a little bit of a playoff NBA type feel because the players and coaches know each other so well. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's a little bit heightened. I can't wait for the Texas game this year, though. It's going to be great. I uh, already got it circled. Right, I'll be there. It's it's funny. Jordan's all sensitive about his his reception at Hilton Coliseum. I told him, I was like, 
<laughs> Wait not, for January seventeenth, uh, my man. Wait and see what well, it's gonna be like when that guy pulls back up. Jabo too, like uh, his was nothing compared to even like Adam Aluska a couple yeah. of like decade before him. Like right. the Hunter thing, I feel like it will be worse. It, which is crazy to think like the guy trans to Iowa, but like Hunter almost like Aluska kept it pretty classy. Yeah. Like he he didn't he didn't hate Iowa State. They fired his coach. Like it, it right. was kind of a deal where any rational fan, like you still hated the guy, but you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, the Hunter thing. Like he's he's almost embracing like a villain rule where I think at first people were kind of like, oh, it's nil, but now like I think there's like true hatred there. Yeah, I think people are like, you know what? I think this guy might have made some. <laughs> Might not have been quite completely forthcoming on some things. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and it's oh, only going to get worse. I'm not even. I don't even hardly want to go off on that deal because it just is. I can't. I don't understand why people sometimes, man, like they just just be honest. Yeah, just say, hey, I'm. If there's a reason that you left, like, or or you went and did something, it doesn't matter if you're a coach or a player. Like, just say that. I completely agree. It would take way way more heat off of you if you just are like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't want to have the ball in my hand all the well, time. It's the same way. And I, you tweeted out some Campbell quote after the game against Oklahoma, and I was like, thank you. Yeah, he was just like, I'm not naive. We have to get a lot better. That's what fans really just want to hear. I think Matt Campbell's figuring out that the coach speak doesn't work when you're not winning. Yeah. You know, just say like, Hey, we really suck today. We've got to get better, you know, and th- or just say, I didn't want the ball in my hands all the time. So I wanted to go play with a black hole like Mark's car. <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. doesn't man. make any sense. Whatever. It is what it is. All, all right. right. Yeah. I think we're going to do another, a little one of these, uh, with bloom and me. And I'm going to, co- I'm going to try Monday. and catch up with coach Schmidt too. Perfect. So we'll have that for everybody on Monday, uh, before the, the game. And, um, of course we'll have uh, a complete coverage of, of the women's exhibition, all that stuff here coming up over the next several days. That's so, going to be a bloodbath. Well, you don't got much faith in the Winona state wildcats. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying like this Iowa state women's team. Why do we, why do we do this? I don't understand why we do this. What, to, the to, exhibition, the exhibition thing. It's like, the, do you, you see the score of the Iowa Truman State game the other night? It's like, yeah. this is pointless. Well, I mean, we've seen, we're familiar with like Truman State because they play in Maryville. Yeah. Like the, well, where yeah. we grew up watching yeah. like D2. And, and stuff. that's a good league. Like yeah. that league is always really good. But man, Truman State was not a match for the Hawkeyes. Let me Let's just see here because there's always some sort of a tie-in when they do these exhibition games. I would imagine that either the coach is from Iowa or they've got players on their team that are from Iowa. Winona the, State recruits Iowa pretty hard. And my college coach played at Winona State. The first girl you pulled up here is an Iowa kid. <laughs> yeah, okay. Makes on, sense. on this Winona State roster. But yeah, it's always a... The coach is like a former Finley player mm-hmm. at some point or something like that. Yeah. But anyways. All right. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.